Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link to get signed up? Just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket Shows, a man you know best as the head coach of the Pepperdine women's tennis team, a team that reaches the Sweet 16 once again after their victory this weekend over USC. Coach, how are you doing today? How's We're doing pretty good. We just finished practice and um, was a good one. So now uh, I borrowed the men's office here since Pete's in, 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 in ours doing work, so... That was a good day. Feels good. That's good. I feel like you've earned the right to kick Adam out of his office. Like, I mean, no doubt. And yeah, I, I would have kicked him out for you had you told me. So no, it would have been my pleasure. But of course, always a pleasure to c- talk to you, Pear. And, you know, looking at what you guys were able to accomplish this past weekend, 4-0 victory over an always sneaky, dangerous Denver team, 4-1 victory over USC as well. Let's start with this at first NCAA weekend. How are you feeling about the waves? I think we're... Uh... We're getting there. You know, it's been it's been an interesting season. And uh, Pete and I have been saying all all year, you know, at one at some point we're going to run out of time. And, um, you know, that start that that time flew and we're, we're not uh, we're not as good as we could be. But we're, we're we're slowly getting there. We have been all year, I think. And, you know, maybe maybe now we'll peak. So we'll, we'll see. Oh, it's so fascinating to hear you say that because that's been our dialogue here at Crack Rackets as well. And we're talking Tuesday, May 10th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Again, NCAA round of 16 starts this weekend. I'm not trying to be rude or facetious. I swear to God, I have no idea how good your team is. And I am curious if you feel that way as well, as if perhaps you guys have yet to play your best match this season. We haven't we haven't played nearly our be- our best match all year, and that's frustrating in a way. But also, it's it's pretty good to know that the level is is there, and it could show up. And we've seen it more and more 
you know, uh, in practice and uh, the, the longer the season has been going. Uh, I had a, I had a, I don't know if you want to call it a difficult year, but an interesting year at Mississippi State that was just, it was just tough. You know, things didn't go the way you wanted. Um, you just constantly had to deal with things. And, and this year has been very similar to that. And it, um, we've just basically been like, look, let's deal with every situation the best we can. Let's take one day at a time and let's see how good we can get by the end of the year. And we'll, we'll look back after this year and, and say, you know, hey, I think we did the best we could. And now, you know, we got two, three weeks left. We're, we're going to get everything we got. And we are, we're not 100%, but we're going to give 100%. So we'll see how far that gets us. No, and of course, your team 22-6 and six overall. And it's not as though you've had a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. You guys reached the National Indoor Semifinals. You earned another conference title this season as well. You know, again, I'm curious – and not to keep prying, but the source of that frustration there, because, you know, again, I do see all of these six pieces, and I, I would say probably there are two things you feel really good about. You feel Savannah as a freshman for her to go, you know, 18 and five overall in singles. She's won nine consecutive matches and nine out of her last 10 ending into the NCAA tournament. I'm sure you feel great about her. You know, Janice, pretty similar, 20 and two. She's won 14 in a row, and those two happen to be your most successful doubles pairing as well I mean I'm curious. so take me inside the room if you don't mind you're submitting your lineup for the NCAA tournament are you just spitting a dartboard and you just kind of throw and you're like all right you're at one you're at two. like how what has that process been like for you guys well I think because we brought in three players last fall that were all you know pretty we were very excited about and we thought we we're going to contribute and um with Janice and, and Vicky and Sav, with the resumes they had, it was it was almost like, wow, these, these guys could be one, two, three. This could be two, three, four. And like, and then when the fall kind of, the way the fall went, it was a very successful individual fall. And if you would, if I would, my lineup would not have been the same way they, <laughs> that it is now. Uh, if you would have asked me at end of October, it would have been completely different. But we had a surgery, you know, in November. We had, um, you know, we had a, per, you know, Janice was out for 10 weeks with shin splints after not playing the whole summer. And those were, you know, those were things that kind of, we weren't, we weren't prepared mentally maybe for those. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that put us behind. And it took a really, really long time to recover from that. Um, you know, Janice, she, her level wasn't where it had been before when she started in January playing and it just took until the last, you know, month and a half or so for her to be able to do the things that we thought she could do. And, um, Savannah was struggling, uh, in the beginning of the season and, you know, she's come strong. Every person on our team, I think maybe, well, even Shiori here at the end, you know, has run into some some tough matches and hasn't played her best. So I actually think every single person on our team has gone through something that maybe we, we didn't think was going to happen after what we saw in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so dealing with that all spring, not playing, we, we didn't have we didn't have six healthy players until last couple of weeks, maybe. And um, 
I don't know. You do, you make the best out of it. I'm sure other teams have gone through the same, but I think maybe we, after the fall and maybe you guys were too, it's like, wow, these guys look really good. We, we felt so as well, but we probably should have taken a, a you know, a step back and gone, look, this is uh, you know, wait, let's not get big heads here and yeah. uh, let's work. We just weren't able to work with everyone, you know, and that, that was the toughest part. Yeah, I don't regret any podcasts we've done. There was a lot of fawning over the waves in our preseason preview of your team. There's no debate. I believe the term was anything is possible. Stanford 98, like why can't they win fewer points, you know, compared to that men's team? And, you know, I blame myself. I'll take the L on that one. I apologize. But I am curious from your perspective because, you know, we talk a lot about match calculus and trying to find the pathway to four points. And certainly it's easy for every coach if you can just say, you know, doubles, one, four, five, like that's our pathway to four. You know, at different points, to your point, and it, it, it was, you know, Shuri and Lisa. We feel like we're going to get two from them for sure. And then it's, you know, Janice and Savannah. We feel like we're going to get two from them for sure. Knowing that your team can find four points in just about any permutation possible, but also knowing that you never know which four it's going to be, is that a burden or a blessing for you, Pete, the coaching staff? I think it's a blessing. I mean, look, we went into the Oklahoma trip mm-hmm. um, where – uh, Lisa and Shiori have just been on a roll and we had said before that trip that we needed to get Savannah going we needed to get Jay Janice going we needed to get Tasha going because they hadn't really won against uh, some of the bigger bigger uh, teams I guess we go to Oklahoma and Shiori and Lisa I think lost both their singles matches and then suddenly Savannah wins Janice wins Tasha wins and she didn't win her second match but uh so it was it was uh, unexpected a little bit, but at the same time, it was a good feeling like, okay, wait a minute, we did get these guys going. We have had Shiori and Lisa playing well. Let's just figure out what happened there. Was there something that we missed or that we can fix? And I think we actually have. And so now, yeah, we can win the doubles against anyone. Um, we can win at one, we can win at two, we can win at three, and we can win all the way to, to seven and eight. We just got a peak. Last year, uh, two weeks ago, last year, we were very frustrated that we haven't played. We hadn't really played a good. We hadn't played good doubles, and we hadn't played a good dual match. I felt like, and we're in better shape this year than we were last year. So, you know, we played really good in singles the other day, and um, that was exciting to see. So, I don't know if there's a formula. We just got to go out, and everyone's got to give their their best. And if they do that. Uh, we we know we can beat. We haven't played a good match yet, and yet we. I felt like we should have won team indoors. I think we should have beaten a bunch of the teams that we lost to, but not the way we played at that time. No, I'm I'm happy to hear you feel the same way. I think we all do as well, watching your team from afar. And you know, it's interesting. You refer to last year. You know, mid April last year, you guys drop a match five two at UCLA, and then you know you don't drop another match until the NCAA final against Texas. That Oklahoma swing, you know, we talked about it before the season, why you wanted to do that. I know it was two losses for your team, but sometimes it does feel like those losses are the biggest blessings, right? And I'm curious what your team gained, you know, from that experience. Obviously, again, you you know what you're going to get in two tough teams. Oklahoma's lost, what, twice all season long, and Oklahoma State in the mix for top eight seed all, all year long as well. But, you know, what did you take away from that weekend? (laughs) 
Um, you know, there's there there are a lot of teams this year that can beat other teams. And so, you know, if you don't show up or if you don't take care of business, you're going to be a, in a battle. Um, and that's what happened on those two trips. Like we didn't we didn't close out. We didn't close out sets. Um, we played a bad doubles point against Oklahoma State and that put us in a hole. Um and then Vicky didn't play. I don't think it matters too much. Nikki did a great job coming in, but the Oklahoma match, I think we had 13 team match points. Um, at, there was a point where I thought we were, we lost the doubles. Uh, they were better than us in doubles that day, but then I thought we were going to win five, two, and we just didn't close out sets. And it didn't feel that bad actually, because we're, I was like, look, we didn't deserve to win the match because we didn't do the things needed to, we didn't play the right way on big points. And uh, you don't deserve to win if you if you do that. But we were kind of hoping <laughs> we were kind of hoping we were going to be on their side again because we felt we felt pretty good leaving, even though we lost. Like you said, it might have been a blessing because we saw things, and um, I think it helped us. I, I really think it did. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about again all of the members of your roster, but I want to start with Pachkaleva because, you know, she has this incredibly successful fall. Uh, and then I believe she traveled back home, right? And wasn't able to get back to the team until what was in mid January, right before the national indoors. And, you know, again, you mentioned it, whether it's Yamashkine or, you know, Nikki or all these different options, certainly you feel pretty good playing anyone just about anywhere in your lineup. That said, obviously, you know, Patrick played one of the matches any of us will ever see last year at the NCAA tournament. She has that NCAA finals experience and what her only losses last season, I think, were at the national indoors and that national championship match. That was it. You mentioned it, you know, this past weekend, she starts to find her form a little bit, gets a good win over Naomi Chung as well. I know it's been slow and steady, but you feel like you've got her where you need her come this NCAA tournament? I think she's the best she's been all spring. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you that, Um, you know, she had surgery in November and I've had two surgeries. Surgeries are no, no picnic. And it was a, on, on paper, not a very serious, I mean, she had her appendix taken out and um, it, but it was a, it was a tough one. And then she went home during Christmas and uh, came back late because of her visa. So it was, uh, it was one thing after another there and it set her back a long ways and it hasn't been easy for her. Um, but I think now she's in the best place she's been since since then. Um, but yeah, she she shouldn't be playing number four. She should be playing one or two. But she just hasn't been able to recover quickly enough to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I subscribe to the dartboard theory. Just spin it, spin the wheel, throw the dart. That's who you're playing, and that's where you're playing on a given day. Uh, you know, again, in terms of underperforming is the wrong word. But if I would have told you in January, it would be May 10th, and A, Vicky Flores has completed only 12 dual matches for your team this season. And, you know, again, 6-6 six and six overall in dual match play. She's playing at the number 6 spot this weekend. And yet, I would point out, 6-2-5-2 lead for her. Didn't finish against USC. And look, Vicky likes getting her court time in. There's no denying that. We've seen what she can do at the NCAA tournament. Obviously, her, Kenya Jones through force of will, we're able to do some really special things at Georgia Tech. I mean, I feel like I keep asking this, but talk to me about the Vicky season, the ups, the downs, and where she's at now. Vicky, um, 
Vicky's awesome. She's, uh, she's really funny. She's, uh, you know, a fireball. She's had, um, three months of incredible training, which she, she wasn't doing when she first got here. It, it took a while to, to be able to get to that, that stage, but she's been, if not one of the best, really close to one of the best in training the last three months, four months, maybe. And she really hasn't been rewarded in a match, you know, that you guys see, or, you know, that, that people see, but, um, she played really well the other day. She played really well in practice. And I, I think it might be tough. She comes from, you know, four years at Georgia tech where she's been playing and, uh, you know, playing two ranked high doubles. And then she shows up here. And next thing you know, you're, you're one of, you're one of many almost. And it's a different situation. Last year we weren't, we were hunting people. And this year it seems like every time we play a team, it's like everyone wants to beat us really, really badly. And, that can change uh, a player's momentum or the way they feel on the court. And it's taken some time, I think, for, for Vicky to get used to that. Uh, we feel good about, you know, she's been at the tournament before. She's, she's gone deep. And, uh, you know, we, we would feel good with any of our players that we put in there. But she's been there, and that's good to know. Um, she's played long matches. She probably could have finished a bunch more. She has three losses. At t- I don't know if it was a team indoors or what it was, but she was, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good time for her, but take away those three losses. It's, it's not so bad. She's need, she, she, she was at match point the other day. I think I might've overruled her on match point. She wasn't too happy with that, but um, you know, she, we're, we're happy with the way she's, uh, she's playing and, you know, I know she wants it really badly, obviously, and I hope that doesn't get in our way. No, absolutely. And again, with that in mind, I want to talk about this season and big picture, you know, some of the takeaways. What's your team's best win this year? Our last match. Yeah, <laughs> our, last, our last match USC is probably our, our best win just because of, uh, uh, you know, we, we've beaten them now quite a few times and they come out against us and have played really well um, in a bunch of matches. And so kind of felt a little bit like last year we get Stanford in the second round, who I felt like was a team that could have won it all. And I, it was a battle. Like I felt like we were, it was, I mean, Michaela Gordon was a point away from beating Ashley, I think. And that would have been a third set decider on, on court five. So that was a tricky one. And this one felt the same. Uh, they have players on their roster that you're, you worry about. Um, we let them in the doubles. We had, we had game points to go four Oh in the in number two doubles. We had match points at five, three. And next thing you know, we're down zero five in the, in the deciding tiebreaker. And it felt like it was a super, super important doubles point. Um, and who knows what would have happened if we would have lost it, but we, we, it was, you know, when single started, it, it went really quickly. Everyone played really well i mean aaron played an amazing match against your it wasn't much we could do there but um i think that was our best win just because of how everyone played um that day and because it was a lot of pressure you know if we lose that match you guys will have a field day and be like dude pepperdine most overrated team in the country they can't even get through the second round so everyone feels and so that was our best match First of all, we're glass half full exclusively here at Cracked Rackets. We celebrate the victories. We don't dwell on the losses. That's a complete lie, and our listeners know that fact. But, uh, no, you talk about that doubles point. And this is something we've mentioned anecdotally, and I had the chance to talk about it with Pete Billingham, obviously, 
coaches with you at Pepperdine at the National Indoors. Janice is a different player this season. And one of the questions I want to ask you uh, is the most improved player on your roster this year. I know Janice made the NCAA semifinals last year and obviously was coming over from Oregon with all sorts of success. And look, I mentioned the numbers, 20-2 and this year. She's won 14 in a row. She has been ridiculous. But even beyond, you know, the sex appeal of her forehand and just how well she's hitting the ball, it's the energy to me. I didn't know Janice Chen was this fiery. I didn't know she had this in her and that is why, to me, like I think she would be the most improved player on your roster this season. It's not just the stride she's made on court, but just, again, the the mentality. Did you know you were getting that in Janice? And what have you seen from her throughout the year? I think Janice is the most improved person on our team. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really come out to, you know, in her in her way. And no, I did not know that she was going to have that in her. She only did that once the whole fall mm-hmm. where that came out. And we started talking about it. Um, and um, it was, it, it, it's not easy for her to be like that. She's a shy person. Um, you know, you have to, she's super funny and nice. And if you get it out, then it's amazing, but she hadn't shown it on the court. I think she was, I mean, she had, she had terrible shin splints the whole fall that really hurt her. Um, but we sat down in the office one day and I said, Hey, what makes you the most fun? What makes you the most happy in practice? And she said, ripping on people. And I was like, <laughs> what? She's like, yeah, I love, I love it when it's funny out there and you making fun of each other. And I was like, well, you got two pros sitting right here Pete and I, you know, we love that too. Uh, why don't you try that today? And she's, she's taking it to another level. And so it's, it's been really fun to see it's loosened up her game. She's flying out there and she was our best player the last two, three weeks, four weeks of the season. And that's why we were, we, we've stuck her at one because it's like, she's, she's dark. She's earned it, even though she hadn't been a year. No, but that's I mean- could have been. Yeah, no, the energy level has been incredible. I'm also convinced, and you can tell me I'm wrong, but that's why she was paired with Savannah at the beginning of the year because talk about hand in a glove in college tennis. I mean, Savannah Brodus, her personality, her competitiveness, obviously the game's not too shabby as well. She just she has fit college tennis so well, and you've seen plenty of extraordinary freshmen in your time coaching in college tennis. What makes Savannah so special? Savannah has every tool in the box. Uh, she's an unreal athlete. Uh, when she first came here, we, we had a lot of mental work to do. We still do. Uh, you know, she's, she's very critical on herself. She wants to win every point. She's kind of like I was when I played. I would get mad because I lost a point. And, but it's exciting to coach her because she can do it all. Um, and then she needed to find her game style, what could be the most successful for her. And, you know, it's been kind of that slow process as well it's because she didn't get into all American. She didn't get into some of the really big fall tournaments. She took care of business in, in these smaller ones. And then really nervous, her first dual match of the year. I count that out. And ever since then, just a little bit better each time, a little bit better each time better in practices, not used to the whole team thing. You know, she's been, um, you know, she was with Dave Licker and he did an amazing job, but I don't think there was any competition necessarily around her. And uh, once she got used to that on the team, it's just, 
it's just been a steady process and uh yeah she's been playing really well yeah, she's been excellent, and you know, again, the numbers speak for her, herself. For any freshman to go eighteen and five in singles, and again, her and Janice sixteen and one in individual double sets this season, it's a testament to the success she has had. Uh, I know I'm, I'm going around the board here, but I'm curious, who would you say is the most improved person, most improved player, I should say, on your team? The the most improved player on our team for sure is Lisa. She just came in. As a freshman, that was the COVID year. I mean, she got beat. She got beat uh, in the Battle of the Bay first round against. Uh, I know Peter won't get upset with me now, but I think it was her number five player. She's, you know, she's maybe four or five now, but um, you know, it, she was double faulting three times a game. Um, she has really improved a lot. Um, she, she's, an, she's a machine. Um, she's the she's the ultimate team player that, you know, a lot of coaches and all coaches would want to have on their team, but her game has gotten better and she's been able to start beating, uh, you know, really good players. And I think in the fall, she, ha- she, she probably had the, if not the best, you know, the best fall on our team. She lost to Sarah Hamner six, four in the third at all American. I think she might've been the closest to beating Sarah. Uh, and and then uh, she had one bad match in the fall, I think. So she's she's the she's our most improved player on our team. Yeah, who would you go with for MVP? I would I would have to say Janice. Jan, Janice has just been uh, she's been unreal. You know, like she came in um, quiet, shy, uh, injured, and now she's. Uh, She's, she's leading the team. I mean, Shiori has been amazing as well. She decided in, I don't know, September or October in the fall that she was going to give it a shot and just go full out. And um, she, she took it to another level. So her and Janice maybe are the, are the two that have just been MVPs. I do want to talk about Shiori for a second because I know there were lumps at the start of the season. I'm laughing as I'm saying it. I think you guys might go five and five through those first 10 matches without Shiori at the top of the lineup. And in particular at the national indoors, I mean, we were seated right above her at the number one spot. I got to watch a lot of her. I know the numbers say what, uh, 12 and seven overall, 12 and six at the number one spot. She did make an unequivocal leap forward though this year, right? I mean, she, she, Shiori was not going a hundred percent. Uh, you know, until we had a meeting in, in uh, beginning of October and we were like, why, why don't you, why don't you go full out? Why don't you see how good you can be if you actually put some effort into it? And she was like, well, I'm not going to go pro. And I'm like, yeah, but you're here. You're, you're getting your degree. You're like, go, go full out, take care of your diet, go to fitness and be like, okay, I, I'm not going to go 80, 90%. I'm actually going to push it. And she's, and she just looked at us and said, all right, and we, Pete and I were like, okay, good meeting. Let, let's, you know, <laughs> let's go. And she did. And she took it to another level that she hadn't done before. And we all know that when you do that, most likely you're going to get rewarded. And so she started playing really, really well. Uh, I think, you know, her first loss in the spring that she shouldn't have lost, you know, her mom flew in from Japan and I think there was some pressure there and I kind of, I mean, I thought maybe it could be a good thing because now she's now she took a loss. And and then whenever you have gone that hard for so long, maybe I didn't do a good enough job to be like, hey, you need a little bit of a break. 
take a couple of days extra off, recharge. We got a month left of the season. And I think she got a little burned out and it got tough and, and, you know, took, it cost her a few matches, but, um, she played really well against Solomar in, in Ojai, really, really well. And then Aaron just came out. Aaron came out on fire. And she has the, those days, right, with the forehand where you're just like, what can we do? There wasn't much we could do, but we were one or two points away from tying it up three all, mm-hmm. you know, three two. And I think, you know, any match can turn there. We lost both deuce points there and, and then it was over. But she's she's feeling good again and, and, and she's flying. So it's really fun to see. It's yeah. fun when players it's fun when players make that decision to like, all right, let's go. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And again, I think the thing everyone in the nation fears is that this Pepperdine team is going to go into next weekend and into Champagne if they if you guys get there and it'd be like, all right, it's time to go because obviously you have all of those pieces. Let me ask. I mean, again, you have a lot of pieces. Uh, there's no doubt the talent is there to be not only competing for a national championship, but to win the damn thing this year. Has this been your toughest season as a coach? Like, has this been the most, I mean, again, not to diminish your players, but knowing what you're trying to balance and knowing how clear the finish line is for you all, has this been your most difficult year of head coaching? No, my second worst. Okay. (laughs) A lot of people were saying how hard it was the COVID, you know, last year, uh, with COVID and we didn't actually, maybe it's because we're out here outside here in Malibu. We were, we were kind of separated a little bit. I, I didn't think last year was that hard other than that. We couldn't seem to all play well at the same time. <laughs> this year has been very, very, very difficult. Uh, it's been, it's been one struggle after another, but that's how it is. Sometimes, you know, like you, you, you got a team of um, 11, 12 people um, and uh, just some, some years, things flow pretty well. The issues aren't that big this year. The, the injuries were big. They were long. They were, you know, we ran into issues at team indoors that we needed to deal with. And, you know, our ultimately our job is to make the best out of it, help them learn. We, and then us for, for us to learn how to, how to deal with it. And, but yeah, it was, it was extremely difficult, but at the end of it, it might end up being an amazing year if we figure out, hey, what what could we have done different? Did we do the right thing? Are we better coaches because of it? Did they learn their lessons so that coming back, you know, we make different choices or help each other in different ways? So mm-hmm. we yet to see, I guess. 78% of the blame falls on Pete though, right? Definitely Pete. You know, he he's got a girlfriend. Oh, and so his priorities have changed. And, He's yeah. no longer married to the game. <laughs> this is this is a devastating development, Pete. You're sp- yeah, this is uh that's crushing to hear. But again, with all those things in mind, as we look towards this NCAA Sweet 16 weekend, a you guys are hosting, which I'm sure you know, securing that number eight seed. It was on the finish line there. Do you prefer the super regional format we have now? And I know it's only year two, but do you like the super regional, or would you go back to the massive Sweet 16 site? I love the massive Sweet 16. I, I'm not a big fan of the of the of the super regional. Yes, is a. I mean, look, we have a super tough match. Um, one year before COVID, we had Central Florida come out here, and they were hosting the Sweet 16 as well. And I think that would have been an amazing match in Orlando against Central Florida in the Sweet 16. Instead, they had to fly here, schools out, 
tough to to you know promote an event that should be amazing when the students aren't here and you only have maybe five four or five days to do it i'm a i'm a big fan of the sweet 16 in in the in the same location yeah i will say and again other coaches have expressed this as well you know that 9 p.m match uh in the back courts in athens you're lucky if you have 12 fans there and like, you know, I'm sure that's not the best or the 9am match as well. I'm sure that's not the most fun, but yeah, I mean, we were all in Orlando last year and it's, yeah, it's a giant party of time. It's a giant celebration of the season. So I can understand that. Obviously again, it's year number two. So we'll see perhaps maybe it'll grow on you. Uh, maybe if you host the next four years, you'll be like, you know, what? let's just keep doing this because uh, this is great uh, for our team. But with all that in mind, again, uh, last question for you here, because you know what, you know, last season, you think about it, 4-3 against UCLA, 4-3 against North Carolina. You guys were able to find that extra gear to make that NCAA championship push. What's it going to take from you all this year to, again, duplicate that or perhaps even one-up it? I mean, it's it's pretty easy for us. If, uh, if we have multiple players playing their game, playing pretty well, I feel good about our chances, but if uh, three or four people show up and, you know, are getting in their own way, then we're in trouble. I, I, this whole year, we haven't been battling other teams. We've been, we've been battling ourselves. And uh, if we, uh, if we can battle the other teams, uh, I feel good about our chances. Yeah, no, I love to hear that. Well, again, now that I know that Pete's got a girlfriend, it sounds like it's time to replace him with someone who is married to the game. I'm here for you, Pear. You know that. I'm always available uh, in in a pinch. And so, yeah, you know, nothing's worse than a distraction. I, I think it's I think it's I, I think it's worth an interview with Pete on it uh, by himself and just ask him the deal. You know, he's he's amazing. Uh, he's done an unbelievable job. Um, but yeah, you know, girlfriends are undefeated, so you gotta watch out. <laughs> It's true. Fact check confirmed. That's very true. But of course, Coach, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. And uh, again, wishing you and your team health and success throughout the remainder uh, of this 2022 season. And yeah, I mean, I know you've got the individuals already clinched there as well. So I will certainly see you in Champaign in a couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll see you uh, soon. Yeah. As always, good luck, Coach. And thank you for stopping by. Thanks, Alex. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene 
for all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.